Chris, how are you? Welcome, welcome back to the pod. It's it's been a while. It's been ages, man. How you doing? Yeah, I'm well. It's it's, it's strange times at the moment, um, but yeah, I'm I'm doing really well. I, I think I think the position we're we're both in at the moment means that um, we're we're weathering it at the moment. But I know a lot of other people aren't quite as fortunate to be able to work at home and have been laid off and, and various things. So really strange times in the world. How about you? How are you doing? Yeah, all, all, all good this side, man. Um, I mean, nothing's nothing's really changed on, on my end. Um, I, I, I try to stay at home as much as possible anyway, just from a work <laughs> perspective, you know, like... Um, so so you know there's a couple of projects that i have been working on and they're still ongoing so you know apart from not being able to go to the pub or go to nando's or <laughs> take the dog for more than one walk a day everything's been kind of kind of the same really yeah I, i've really found that um <laughs> there's been a few positives that have come from this um it's sort of thrown everyone into remote working and it, 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 remote working was in some of the places I worked in the past was frowned upon and mm. was a bit taboo. Um, but now everyone's having to do it. My dad's business, which isn't massively set up for remote working, they've all gone into it and have had to sort of embrace it. A lot of people that um, that are in the company I'm at at the moment tend to tend to not not always work at home as well so it's it's a strange sort of transition for a lot of people um yeah. but I, I was chatting to my dad the other day actually he's um he, he teaches international students um and normally he'd be in a classroom with like 20 25 uh, students and and they've gone completely to um to online like everything's now being done over zoom you know like a, a full class eight, eight hour day run over zoom that's pretty intense that is intense yeah um, there's it's been interesting to see sort of people on twitter talking about remote working and zoom and different video comp software and some people are saying that it's like it's more draining being on zoom calls instead of being in actual meetings i find the opposite i find i can get a video call done much quicker than i can do an actual meeting with people um but there's a lot of people trying to learn the etiquette on it when they stay on mute, people trying to figure out how to join and make sure the tech problems are, are sorted. Um, but aside from that, there's one thing that I'm grateful for is having a desk and a setup in my mm. home that I can work. Um, I know there's the majority of people don't, they're, they're working on their, their sofas or their beds and that would just be horrible for me. Yeah, it, it's really, um, I think you make a really good point. It's really accelerated the whole remote work thing. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how businesses adapt to it. Um, because, you know, I've, I've like, like yourself, I've worked for companies in the past that, you know, as, as a marketer, everything I did was online, um, but they, they were adamant that that working from home was not an option you know, <laughs> unless you were the boss's wife or whatever um and, <laughs> company i was thinking about companies like that the other day where where they now no longer have a choice 
you know, you have to you have to trust the team now. And and for a lot of businesses that really like to micromanage, um, you know, that that's that's going to be really, really difficult. Um, and it's going to shine a light on a lot of problems uh, that 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 businesses have sort of organizational problems, cultural problems, uh, you know, all kinds of issues that businesses have that they then need to fix pretty sharpish. Yeah, well, I'm I'm super fascinated to see um, in six to twelve months' time when we're hopefully out the other side of this, how everything sort of goes back to not goes back to normal, but how everything reshapes itself. Will we will we all go back to offices? Um, will because I know for me, I definitely don't plan to be back in an office once this mm. is over. Um, working full time at home as given so many benefits to me mm. um, I'm sleeping better I'm I'm getting more work done I'm enjoying meetings being short and sweet if they need to be um, I like my setup I like being able to go and get food when I want to go and go out on a walk in the middle of the day nap during the middle of the day if I'm feeling tired um, so I, I don't see myself going back to an office at all you do love a nap don't you Chris, naps are naps are one of my favourite things to do. Would ju- just as we joined the call, I've I've had my nap. I've had a good two hour nap between six and eight pm just to just to get me in the mood. But I think nap, naps are just they're so important. Like sleep's important to to for your general health. And I'm really pleased for you, mate. Honestly, if, I am. If if you if you um if you're tired during the day, the amount of times we've been in an office absolutely tired at 3 p.m and we can't work for the rest of the day you don't not productive during the rest of the day have a nap you feel great see Um, that's funny you mention that because i am the opposite if i sleep during the day if i like go and sleep for half an hour or an hour or whatever i feel awful for the rest of the day (laughs) genuinely i just feel jet lagged and and just like uh so i'm i'm i much prefer even if i am tired to just like power through it and then just sleep at the normal time you know uh 12 30 one o'clock after i finished looking at twitter yeah well it's different for everyone and i do get it when because you're sort of in your body's in sleep mode then and you want to be doing more sleeping and not i'm not working i'm just i guess i'm lucky that when i wake up i feel i feel quite refreshed um but yeah let's let's talk a little bit more about um the coronavirus and the impact it's having on on brands and marketing um because people haven't had enough of that already <laughs> well i mean we, we were thinking beforehand <laughs> well should sh- should we cover it should we keep talking about keep pu- pushing this in people's faces but to be honest it's all people are consuming at the moment and it feels a bit strange to to go back to normal without even mentioning it um and how it's affecting the world did you hear about boris johnson as in what in the last 24 hours or has something happened in the last 30 minutes and he's well he went to hospital yesterday and he's now in intensive care is he really yeah well, I, I did not hear about that yeah that, that that was recent um last it, it must have been the last 30 minutes then yeah it is wow 
Yeah, that's really. I, I'd not seen that. That's. I'm just looking at the news now. That's mm. only in the last in the last forty minutes. Wow. Well, that. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure how to respond to that. Well, it's just it just shows how serious it can be, and a lot of people are taking the piss with not listening to the advice. Um, I know certainly when I when I went back to London and I was driving through on Saturday. Um, there were still some people wandering around, meeting friends. Um, it's just not worth it. It's not worth no. it. It's interesting um, how you know th- 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 there's arguments to be made about how um, this isn't a politics podcast, obviously, but there's arguments to be made about how the government handles you know, mm. the, the sort of messaging and communications around this whole um, this whole issue. But there's a there there really is. Um, you can see there's this kind of efforts at a communication strategy in that, you know, already with, with the way things are at the moment, you've got people out on Sunday, like sunbathing and, you know, mm. doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing and all that kind of stuff. And it really, you can see how they were kind of trying to, um, I don't want to say drag it out because that sounds horrible, but, but really get the timing right as far as when to say to people, you know go okay now you have to stay or we recommend you stay home now you have to stay home mm-hmm. and now it's been what so what was yesterday yesterday was sunday so that was two weeks you know, you can see how people are starting to get a bit itchy so sunday night message from the queen that's really well received you know <laughs> and people were like oh do you know what i mean there's there's a, yeah. there's a there is a strategy to those communications where um uh, they, they they are trying to design them for maximum impact. Um, I don't know who they're going to get to, to, you know, to to give a speech to the nation in two weeks' time. They've already had the Queen. Who else could you get? Attenborough. <laughs> Who's another national um, treasure? <laughs> <laughs> split split the nation with Jeremy Clarkson. <laughs> Clark, get a dress from Clarkson. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd love that on his YouTube channel. Um, it's interesting, I think, to see how you know uh, how brands are responding to this kind of stuff as well. Like, the, you know, it's it, it's it's obviously pretty pretty unprecedented. Um, no one's been through this before, um, and I, I think the way brands are responding to the crisis. And whether that is just in the way they communicate, whether that's in the way they deal with um, complaints, uh, is is going to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Is 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 going to kind of um, you know score them positively or negatively long term? And I know you could say that about any brand at any time, but um, I think I think people will remember that that the sort of actions and words of, of brands throughout this time period yeah so have you seen any brands in particular that have impressed you with the way they've they've handled handled this so far i mean there's been so many um there's been so many people that that have started doing some really interesting stuff online like you know that they're, they're like obvious and whether you whether you consider these people brands or not but people like joe wicks like coming out and doing mm. all the fitness stuff on the telly, uh, sorry, on YouTube and donating money to the NHS and, you know, that kind of stuff's really good. I, I had, um, so obviously loads and loads of stuff's being cancelled, but I had 
two cancellation emails this morning for, for me personally. When I woke up, I had two, two emails sat in my inbox from overnight. Um, and one of them was from um, Singapore Airlines. So I was supposed to be going down back home to Australia at the end of this month to visit the family. Um, that's now no longer happening. Um, and I was also supposed to be going to see a, a show on the West End, uh, dear Evan Hansen, towards the end of this month, just before I went to Australia. And I had emails from both of those today to say, hey, look, you know, um, your flight is cancelled officially. I mean, I already knew it would be, but the flight's cancelled. And all the West End theatres were closed up until the 26th of April. But just as of today, they've now announced they're closed up until the 31st of May. So anyone who's had a show booked between the 26th of April and the 31st of May has had an email today to say, hey, this isn't happening anymore. And what I thought was really interesting was just the way they had um, way they dealt with those emails. So hang on, let me pull them up. So the first one was from Delphont Macintosh, who is the company that owns all the theatres. Um, and they sent an email out just kind of saying, um, you know, as you can imagine, uh, this issue affects a huge number of bookings. Um, we thank you for your continued patience. Uh, we've made the difficult decision to cancel all performances until 31st of May. Um, and then there's a bit down the bottom that says, as we process tickets, we'll be in touch to ask customers if they would like to help our shows by exchanging into an alternative performance or switching your current tickets to a credit. Customers who opt to exchange their ticket or take a credit will be given a complimentary 12-month membership to DMT Plus worth £35, which will commence when our theatres reopen. You also have the option for a full refund. So they've really laid it out. They've said, look, you've got the option for a refund if you want it, but they've put that last. They obviously don't want you to do that. They said, if you if you keep your tickets and you rebook and you support us, you know, you get a little something extra, basically. Which is like obviously I'm gonna I'm gonna reschedule the the um uh, uh the the show. The other one was from Singapore Airlines, and I thought this was really interesting because as you know, like when you book a flight, unless you're paying like top tier, you don't get to refund your flight. Like under no circumstances will they give you your money back. But and I don't know how all this stuff works, but kind of by my loose understanding, consumer law. If, if the service or product that you've paid for is no longer being offered, you're probably entitled to a refund. <laughs> yeah. Right? So I'm supposed to go to Australia at the end of the month. Uh, and the email just basically says, uh, we're going to give you credit and that's it. There's no mention of being able to get a refund or anything. It's just like you, you will, you will, you will, we will keep this money and you will use it at some point, but you have to use it by this particular date. And that's kind of it. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, I, I've got family in Australia. I'm down there like once every 12 months or so, um, sometimes more. I will, without question, use that credit voucher. There's, there's, no, there's no issues with that at all. But there are going to be people who um, – I was trying to put this on LinkedIn earlier, and I was trying to figure out a way to say it without sounding like an entitled asshole. But <laughs> basically there are going to be people who my, – my fiancé was supposed to be going to Australia in – june for a brother's wedding right that wedding might not happen now um and and she and she you know she wouldn't go if it wasn't for the wedding and so now she's ended up with like a she's going to end up with a, a plane ticket that she doesn't want and can't use <laughs> um yeah. and it's just it was just interesting i'm kind of waffling a bit but receiving both of those emails and looking at one and going yeah do you know what i really want to support this brand um, obviously we're going through some, some pretty horrible shit. 
Um, but, you know, I recognize that the, the theater industry could be quite crippled if uh, if people start requesting refunds. And I really want to see the show. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy to exchange my ticket. You know, no problems. Thanks. Really appreciate the the empathetic and, and kind of um, supportive email. And then you get the complete opposite from Singapore. Where it's just like, we've done this thing. You don't have any options. Take it or leave it. Yeah, it, 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 those are really two really, really good examples um because one brand is taking responsibility and showing that they care no brand is going to be well apart from zoom no brand is going to be in a good position um through this there there's there's going to be changes and if you look at theater and the aviation industry those are two that are going to be hugely impacted um so as you say on one hand you've got one brand which you really want to support it makes you feel good that they've been open enough to say look if you if you want to you can have a full refund they did say that didn't they mm. yeah if you want to completely understand it, it it's yours but we, we we do need to get through this somehow so if you want to support us here's the option whereas um uh, just the uh, the aviation industry is going to be in absolute turmoil i just don't know how they're going to stay afloat yeah, and and look, I'm I'm not, you know, it's it, it's easy to it's easy to kind of have a dig, and and I'm not, I have no idea of the sort of um, uh, makeup or economics of the aviation industry. I'm sure I'm sure they're hurting pretty badly, and if everyone turned around and went, well, we're just going to take all that money back, then you know that that would be presumably even more crippling. Um, so I, I get it, but it, it it's just it's just weird that you know, kind of sat up in bed this morning. You know, going through the emails that I'd received overnight, I, I received two emails that basically had the same mess, like the, the same content, more or less. But one of them, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that that makes total sense. And yep, I'm 100% on board with that. And one of them, even though I am 1000% going to use that flight voucher with, without question, like the other one, I was just kind of like, oh, that's a bit of a dick move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a few brands that I've seen that have, have done a good job um peak design the the guys that um i i got my backpack from uh over in over in the states they they've sent a few messages which have just been completely open and honest saying look we're we're scared we're worried about what we we have no idea what's going to happen um they're launching a new product on the tomorrow mm. and they're donating 100 percent of the profits to um coronavirus relief and fight, nice. fighting climate change which i thought was was really good they've shared their recent all hands meeting um so like the recording of the meeting which was was really cool um and they've also put a sale on which is strange but um but aside from that they've they've just they've, they've been open and honest about it um loom the screen recording software did you get your 50 percent off got got my 50 percent off ah oh. so impressed <laughs> well, i the, the... slightly guilty because i like i saw that and i've been meaning to buy loom for ages and i was gonna do it i was just gonna buy it, it just kept getting put off and put off and put <laughs> off and then i just happened to go to the website or well, maybe they emailed me and it was like 50% off. And I was like, mine. <laughs> so pay up front, no problem. Loom yeah. is amazing. If you are not using, if you're listening to this show and you're not using Loom, it is brilliant. Do you want to explain what it is or do you want me to? No, you go ahead. You go ahead. All right. So so Loom, I used to have an app for that I got bought from the Mac App Store 
um, for like three pounds, like six years ago. Um, I don't even remember what it was called um, that did exactly the same thing. And I kept running it and kept running it and kept running it um, and eventually like lost support. And the guy who developed it wouldn't respond to support requests. I mean, for three quid, you, you can't really complain after six years. But <laughs> essentially what Loom does is it's a screen recording tool, but it prioritizes efficiency. So, you know, there's there's software like ScreenFlow for Mac, which you can do really amazing screen recordings with you know, with call-outs and titles and editing and all that kind of fancy fancy stuff. Um, but it takes, it's quite a laborious process to put one of those together. You have to, um, you have to record the video and then edit it and export it and do all that kind of stuff. What Loom does is it basically sits in your menu bar if you're on a Mac. I'm sure it's on Windows as well. Um, and you can hit one button and it'll start recording your screen for you. Uh, you can, you know, give a demo, you can, you know, talk to someone, you can do a sales video, you could do, you know, a presentation, whatever. As soon as you hit stop, it automatically uploads the file to the cloud and pastes the link to the file on your computer's clipboard. So all you then need to do is post that into a text message, uh, put it into an email, send it off. Like it's just, it's so efficient. It's so good. Um, I love Loom. Yeah. Well, uh, I, um, couldn't couldn't have said it better myself um i was one of those people that used quicktime to record my screen uh, i'd use a dslr to record me if ever i was doing a screen recording mm. very labor intensive took loads of time but it looked good um i also used wistia soapbox and vidyard mm. go which both essentially do the same thing they do um i think the editing on wistia soapbox is still better however I've fully switched to using Loom now um, just because, first of all, it doesn't use the Chrome tech to record your screen. Um, it actually records the, it's actually an app you install on your laptop and it uses yep. that. Um, it is so quick and easy to do, like oh. so quick and easy. Um, and they're a company building that specifically. Yeah. Um, whereas Wistia Soapbox is a, a side part to their business loom uh setting out to solve this problem and they're doing a really really good job of it so now good. The, the the tutorials i upload um to youtube i now use loom for because it's just it's so much quicker to do yeah. um I've, I've in the video marketing and sales i always 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 used to tell people to get loom soapbox or vidyard go because as you say it can be used for sales customer service marketing um and it's so much easier to um send a little screen recording of how to do something or to show a demo or to if if you if you for instance want to show people how they can improve their website using hubspot screen record their website point around their screen and yep. give them five ways they can improve it with hubspot and send it to them and that's going to be that's so much easier than you even writing a post oh. or an email um, and it's going to impress them a lot more. Everyone, go out and buy Loom. I think it's <laughs> yeah. it's it's now their pro plan is like five bucks a month for for the next year. Like it's it's just, even at ten dollars a month, it's worth it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. A no brainer. So yeah, Loom I was impressed with, and also my my gym paused my membership. Yeah, uh, mine did the same. same. I mean, I wish they'd done that six months ago when I stopped going, but um, <laughs> yeah, mine did the same. Yeah. Um, and then also shout out to a lot of the restaurants before 
they got forced to close because my my mum mum my sister worked for the NHS um McDonald's Costa various yeah. different brands were giving them free hot drinks and and that was that was really really nice for them to be able to go to work and get a coffee on the way and yeah. not having to worry about it and we I mean, had an email oh sorry mate it's it's a very small thing but it's it's also very nice yeah we had an email from our uh, from our local indian takeaway tonight um that they're doing they're, they're basically they're still open for takeaway food um but they're also preparing meals and taking them down to the local um nhs hospital um you know so yeah it's like fair play to them that's that's awesome yeah um, a lot of brands doing a lot of cool stuff on social as well I've noticed brands that that like um I don't know if what you and I have been to to the one in in London uh what well, what are the ones in London the Pizza Pilgrims do you follow them on Instagram yeah, 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 yeah. oh so good they've been doing like pizza dough recipes teaching you how to make focaccias and all this kind of stuff that it's they, their content is just so good um and there's there's loads of places like that that are just doing um you know just just sort of cheap easy to put together social media content that that, that it's not just uh you know time consuming like as far as the time it takes to consume that content um but you know it's just useful um yeah really really cool stuff another yeah, thing that it, i've seen floating around today uh, and i've seen a couple of examples of this today after the um so that email that i got from the the theater that basically have said you get this um what do they call it dmt plus which is i think is basically like a uh like a members package for their their chain of theaters so you can get access to special events and early access to tickets and all that kind of stuff um i've seen a few places starting to offer like um corona bonuses basically where if you buy a gift voucher now like you'll get something extra um and that's not to say everyone should do that but i just i thought that was kind of interesting um you know in, in the context of the theater i would have 100 percent rebooked that ticket anyway um the 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 membership doesn't sway me either way but it's a nice little it doesn't cost them anything presumably to to, to throw that in um obviously i get access to stuff i wouldn't normally have access to for the next 12 months hopefully i'll spend more money with them um but yeah, I've, I've seen a few examples today since then of people doing, you know, like if you buy a gift voucher now, you get an extra 20% of value on the gift voucher. Um, just little little bonuses for, for, for people as if, if they support businesses now, kind of like a, a pay now, buy later uh, bonus. Mm -hmm. uh, how else do you think um, the small business owners ourselves, can we help other small businesses? um do you know what the first thing i would do um is <laughs> and this is a shameless plug uh, is go and listen to um richard wood's new podcast um have, did you listen to i can't even remember what it's called i'm sorry rich um <laughs> something is something about uh human human marketing uh hang on let me go and let me up we can the show notes. yeah uh but so richard uh richard is mutual friend um uh, runs uh, Six and Flow, HubSpot and Drift partner agency up in Manchester. Um, Humans Come First is the name of the the podcast. Richard and uh, and Joe Glover, um, and they did an episode last week, uh, their first episode. Uh, Using a global crisis as your marketing trigger makes you a dickhead, 
which is you know fair <laughs> point um but it's a it's a 30 minute episode and there's so much good advice in there about what to do around you know at, at, at this sort of particular time um and i think one of rich's comments was basically like this is the time to focus on brand um you know you you may not be able to sell you may not be able to to close sales but it's a really really good opportunity to to work on your brand and whether that's creating content whether that's helping people for free um you know whatever that is use your expertise um to to support people and help people and, and build a community and you know so everyone could get through this yeah uh um i i like joe joe runs the marketing meetup in london manchester cambridge various other places he's doing a load of really good content actually so i'll I'll link that i'll link that below but um couldn't agree more just sales are going to be more difficult but definitely building your brand and being as helpful and thoughtful as possible Um, it's only a small thing for me but i've enjoyed not using amazon um i'm a i'm a huge amazon user usually um i'm very impatient i like stuff coming the next day um but since that's been taken away i've actually really enjoyed supporting um e-commerce businesses that sell really good products and make really good products themselves and instead of amazon undercutting everyone i actually enjoy spending a little bit extra and getting getting it straight from the person or straight from the company Absolutely. There's a lot of, I mean, a lot of stuff is um, not available. Uh, you know, a, a lot of, I think a lot of businesses are either one that they're experiencing a boom and they don't know how to handle it. Um, mm. And I, I don't, I don't say, I, I'm not, I don't mean to be critical, um, but you know, the, so many places have just had an increased volume of orders and they, they can't, they don't have the resource the product or whatever to deal with it and there's other companies that just were completely unprepared um for for something like this and have just had to down tools and, and can't do anything um but yeah like support local businesses and one of the things i put this on twitter a couple of weeks ago um if if you can afford it buy a voucher for your favorite local restaurant and just put it aside like because these businesses like the 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 restaurant industry operates on such small margins Mm. um you know and and they've had to obviously there's support from the government which is great uh in in terms of you know keeping the staff paid but um you know that that, that they've still got to pay rent and and there's no customers coming through the door so if you can afford it it's a really good don't buy like you know a nando's voucher or a massive <laughs> chain like buy, buy like your favorite local italian restaurant or your local indian restaurant or you know whatever just buy a gift voucher and just stick it aside for for whenever this is all over so that they've at least still got cash coming in the door um you, you know and, and you've got something to look forward to when when this is all done um but it it, it really really helps businesses like that who who kind of you know don't really have the option to to continue uh, and if those kind of places go away like we're screwed man what i, I cannot imagine a world without cinemas and restaurants yeah man it is it's it, it couldn't agree more but it's a worrying time and the world we're going to come out to on the other side is going to be it's going to be very different to the one we left um yeah, people saying absolutely. that it's, they're looking forward to it getting back to normal it won't get back to normal the normal we once knew is no more um, no absolutely and and look i um 
it, it, it's probably a bit cliched and it's probably uh, utter utter bullshit um but the way i've been thinking about it at the moment is um is like the planet kind of needs a forced break <laughs> from, yeah. from humanity yeah. <laughs> like we we have we've done uh you know we, we've misbehaved so much over the past you know 50 60 70 years that um not having planes in the air not having cars on the road not having massive amounts of manufacturing um is is actually pretty good for the planet for for you know as long as we can sustain it obviously everyone wants to get back to to life as it was before but i really hope that that people do um start to think about how they can be a bit more um resourceful and 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 not just sort of slip into the old habits that we used to have before yeah couldn't agree more all right then mate let's um let, let, let's finish up on on your new toy so yeah uh, <laughs> the, the last episode we did um i had just bought myself one of these um yes. but, but you've got you've got a new one what is i it, bought a new ipad pro Woo-hoo! so yeah so um I've been I've been lusting after an iPad Pro ever since the new design came out uh, 18 months ago. Um, I had one from I think I had one of the 2015 models. Um, mm-hmm. So you know it, it, it was a bit long in the tooth. It was still it was still running okay. Um, but but yeah, it was a uh, the the 12.9 inch. So it was really hefty. Like it was the old, the very first, like, you know, with, with touch ID and, you know, the full width bezels and stuff. So it was a real beast. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've traded that in and, uh, and got an 11 inch iPad pro, um, and a pencil, uh, which I'm, I'm really, really excited about that, that, the, the form factor is so much nicer as a, the 11 inch compared to the, the bigger 12.9 inch. It makes such a difference. And now I'm using it. I, I tended to keep it the old one docked most of the time in the keyboard case, um, but I'm actually using this as a tablet now, just sort of picking it up and carrying it around the house and just using it as a tablet. Um, yeah, I love it. It's so good. What I'm I'm really excited about the new cursor support um, in uh, in iOS. What was it? Thirteen point four. That looks 9. amazing. 9. I haven't tried it out yet um, because I only have one trackpad and one keyboard. Um, which are connected to my Mac, and I'm, I'm terrified that if I disconnect them and connect them to the iPad, I'll never get them connected to my Mac again. Um, so, so I haven't done it, and so I'm trying to decide: do I wait until May when that new uh, fancy keyboard case with the the trackpad comes out, or do I order a new trackpad to go with the mouse just so I can try it out? What I really want to see is, and it should be it should be good, um, is is how HubSpot works on an 11-inch iPad with mouse support, um, because historically HubSpot hasn't been that great on mobile. It's been okay, um, but you haven't been able to do everything you would want to do. But since they added uh, what what they call um, what are they called desktop class browsing in uh, in iOS 13, and now the mouse support as well, I'm Mate, you should be able to build workflows, landing pages, emails, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Oh, Matt, I'm so, I'm so, I, so, <laughs> what, what are we? April. So this time last year, I was, I was going to Australia for my annual trip to sort of visit the family, and I had, I was away for three weeks, and I was, I bought a laptop to take to Australia because I had so much work to do that I couldn't do on an iPad, and I was like, well, I need to be in HubSpot. I'm, 
I need to take a laptop with me. So I bought a laptop. Now I've got this iPad. Oh man, I, I, the main reason I'm going to use that flight voucher is so I can go on a plane with just this iPad. I cannot tell you how excited I am to travel light with just an iPad. Man, it's, it's little good. things, it, mate. It's the little things. It, it is really good. I, we, we've, um, we've got pretty similar setups now in terms of the fact we've both got 13 inch MacBook Pros and 11 inch iPad Pros. Um, you, uh, the next thing for you is to get rid of that big old iMac and and switch it out for your yeah, um, I'm your seriously, laptop. Seriously thinking about see the the problem with the laptop is I went I went a bit not I, I went a bit cheap on it. It's only got a 500 gig hard drive on it, um, and uh, it's it's only 13 inches. So, but I am I am seriously considering buying a couple of displays and uh, and and getting rid of the iPad. Uh, sorry the iMac because it is sort of four or five years old now and it's starting to it's starting to chug a little bit um yeah hmm. we shall see (laughs) we shall see my my setup at the moment is two screens and and my lap my 13 inch laptop Uh, mine my i've also only got the 500 gig card drive and i i do all the video work uh, but the majority Mm. of my files are on are on external hard drives or on google drive so I'm fine with that. Um, I, I just love being able to take it around, take it around yeah. with me when I want to, or on dock when I want to. But what 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 have you found the iPad most useful for so far? You're a week in, aren't you? A week and a bit. Yeah, like a week or two in. Um, it, 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 consumption, really, mm-hmm. like actually consuming content. You know, when 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 the iPad first came out, which is is actually like ten years ago this week or last week um you know they they really sold it as a device that was built for consumption it wasn't built for creating content even though you could you know you could write and you could do all that kind of stuff on there if you went to the trouble of pairing a keyboard and getting a stand and all that sort of stuff um but it, it was really about you know reading newspapers reading magazines watching youtube videos looking at photos social media that's what it was for um and it it has it, it has kind of evolved to the point where people now are doing serious work on it and it is like a a creation tool in addition to a consumption tool um but like i said before the previous one was a was that big beastie 12.9 inch thing sat in the keyboard most of the time and i used it for typing but it was just a bit you know it it was it wasn't the kind of thing that you could kind of look at in bed because if you doze off like it (laughs) will flip forward and break your nose <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was real hefty, and so just like reading the news and uh, and and you know and reading saved articles and watching YouTube and um ah oh, so good, I love it. I yeah, love it. well I I so but when I when I very first got one, so that for those that don't know, I bought one, sold it after a month, and then bought another one eight months later. Um, when I first got it, I I wanted it to do the things my my laptop could do and it just couldn't it just couldn't do it i think now yeah. they can pretty much do everything my lap- yeah. laptop can do with with the software upgrades however i don't expect it to for me as you say it's a consumption device mainly but it's a consumption device i can do work on if i need to yeah. so um if, if i'm going out to a coffee shop wherever uh, well, not in the moment, but uh, I, I, w- I would take my iPad because it's lighter and the form factor is better. Um, and if I need to do something, I can. I also think it's much better for, for focused work. So if I want to write a script, 
Um, I will tend to do that on my iPad because if I'm doing it on my laptop, um, I'll get distracted by other things. Mm. Um, yeah, there's something to be said for that. I know there's this kind of multitasking and stuff on this now, but but being able to just open one app and 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 the 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 screen kind of becomes that one thing. You know, there's there's not loads of different windows floating around, and it's just the full screen edge to edge is is a writing app or is you know um an editing app or is mm-hmm. Twitter or, <laughs> or is <laughs> you know um. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a really I'm really really excited to see you know uh, mouse support and that that keyboard to be announced you know for three months out from from WWDC. Um, I'm really excited to see what they've got in store for for iPad OS come June, come the developer conference because um, you know they they spun out uh, iPad OS from iOS last year. So it's it's kind of its own independent operating system now. So they have to have something to talk about. They can't just they can't just do what they used to do and do you know iPad major iPad updates every two to three years. Now there is an actual iPad operating system that has to be updated, and they have to talk about the new features that are specifically for iPad. So um, yeah, that's super exciting. Yeah, they've got to be careful with how close it gets to the MacBook. I was listening to a Verge pod which actually broke this down really yeah. well. Um, how how apple, apple sort of have a favorite child but they're not you know you're not meant to have a favorite child but you kind of do <laughs> and that well that... you know the the the, the, the iphone is 100 percent their favorite child because it makes them the most <laughs> yeah, money yeah like you know that that's that that has to be there did i say ipad or did i say iphone you said iphone yeah i did say iphone okay yeah. cool you know the iphone makes the majority of their their money so it's, it's obviously going to be yeah, you know, going to get the, the most the, stuff. The, the iphone has grown up and moved out so <laughs> so that that was fine it's, it's <laughs> yeah between the um between between the macbook and and the ipad apple seem to be focusing on implementing more on the ipad um i, I have a theory and i don't know whether it's a good theory or not <laughs> um, I have a theory that um, Johnny Ives' departure may be a very, very good thing for Apple. I I am concerned, you know, that there there is no, you know, Johnny Ives is arguably one of the most important industrial designers um, of the last hundred years. You know, that's subjective, but you know, you you, you cannot deny the kind of work that he's done. But it does feel like in the last, um, who knows how long Apple's product development cycles are, and he's been out of out of whack for quite a while because he was his main focus was building. Um, this has turned into an Apple podcast instead of an agency podcast. Um, his main focus was on building the new Apple campus, um, you know, which was was kind of a project that he took over when Steve Jobs died, which was like eight years ago, I think now. Um, so he's, he's kind of been occupied with managing, with project managing that. Um, but I, I really think potentially he, he was having a bit too much control over the thinness and the kind of the look and feel, uh, over what the products was actually for, because you did start to see a decline in Apple's professional products. And it was all about, Hey, how can we make this thinner? How can we make this sleeker? And now that he was obviously occupied on that project for the last few years and now has left the company. 
Um, like I said, Apple's product cycles are, are, you know, their development cycles are very, very long. These iPads have been in development since the last one came out. Um, but things seem to be getting to the point where it's like, wow, this is cool. I've now got trackpad support on my iPad. I've now got uh, a MacBook with a, a 16 inch screen in a 15 inch footprint. I've now got a Mac. I mean, I don't personally, but, you know, I now have available this Mac Pro, which is worth you know, upwards of 50,000 um, pounds. It really does seem like they have started to reprioritize building really, really kick-ass products for professionals. And I don't know how, <laughs> how aligned that is with Johnny Ives' lack of involvement in those products. I think you're completely spot on there because it does seem to... I think maybe he had too much influence in and people were not able to change things and ever since he has left we have seen um a ton of a ton of those improvements for professionals um the 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 new 16 inch macbook is a bit bigger it's a bit heavier but it's better it's got a better keyboard for everyone um when they started releasing the new iphones they made them bigger and heavier but a bigger battery because people didn't actually care that much about their phone being thin and light. Um, no. The the uh, iPad Pro having a USB-C port and being able to now plug in um, hard drives and, and use external storage, all of those things post Johnny Ive have been have been really good for for us as yeah. It's it's all it's all conjecture, I guess, but it it, it does. Mm. And look, Johnny Ives' departure would have been in planning, you know, long before it was announced. Um, you know, Apple's the kind of company that have these succession plans in place and, and they don't, you know, he, he didn't walk into Tim Cook's office and hand in his notice and, and Tim sort of, you know, <laughs> tweeted about it and announced it. It was, it was a long time coming, but it does really, really seem like as Johnny Ives' involvement in product development declined, uh, the professional products started to um, get better. Yeah, I'd agree. Anyway, Chris, our our, our, uh, our our quick podcast turned into a uh, 45-minute long one, so we'll wrap it up here. <laughs> As always. Um, mate, thank you very much for joining our, our, after a little break. Um, hope you're staying safe and families all well. Yeah, likewise, buddy. I'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, cheerio. Peace, mate.